in my best Bill Belichick voice, we're on to Georgia. Can the frogs slow down the dogs? We'll talk about it next. This is the Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. I'm sure so many of you have been enjoying this Michigan win. I have as well, but uh, we're getting closer to game day. It's Thursday as I record this. TCU plays for a national championship on Monday, and uh, they're playing against Georgia, who has been amazing. They're defending national champions. They lost one game last year to Alabama in the SEC title game. They have not been defeated this year. They won 14 games. They had a close call against Missouri. That was kind of a wonky game on the road. I don't know how much you can take from that. I'm sure the coaches are watching film. But honestly, it just seemed like, you know, a clunker of a game that they escaped with. Uh, the score against Kentucky was close. I've talked to some people who followed Georgia, and they didn't feel like the result was in doubt. But Ohio State pushed them to the wire. So how do these two teams match up? Um, and we'll start with when Georgia has the football. Uh, you know, Georgia scored 42 points against Ohio State. Stetson Bennett was a Heisman finalist. He's having an outstanding season. Um, he's thrown for 3,823 yards, uh, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions, did have a couple of interceptions in that Ohio state game, made some uncharacteristic mistakes, but Bennett, like the, the narrative on him and his career, uh, he's a former walk on, he's a former Juco player is that he's essentially a bus driver. You know, he's, he's just there not to wreck the car. Um, I think that's unfair to him. I feel like Stetson has become a really, really good college quarterback. Like one of the guys that we look back on, especially if he's able to win this game Monday and get two national championships, and you say, man, that's one of the best to do it. This is not like Ken Dorsey at Miami in 2001, where it's just an outstanding team and he's just kind of managing it. I mean, I I don't know if Stetson's a guy that can put the team on his back and win the game single-handedly, but he's been clutch. Um, he's been in a lot of big games. He's very experienced, and he knows how to distribute the football. You know, he's he's spread the ball around. Their receiving um, core is is kind of fascinating. Their leading receiver is Brock Bowers, the tight end with 790 yards. They've had some injuries um, on the outside this year. They use Kenny McIntosh a lot as well, the running back in the passing game. But they throw the ball. I mean, Todd Bunkin, their offense coordinator, spent some time at Oklahoma State. They throw the ball to set up the run. Um they're also a pretty physical football team, but this is not the Georgia of the 1980s and 90s and even the Mark Rick era where they were just kind of three yards in a cloud of dust lining up in the I formation coming at you. They're going to spread it out and they're going to throw. And, and Stetson's at the helm of that. Now, he, they have not really faced a 3-2-5 scheme like this. Um, or a 3-3-5 scheme, I should say. Excuse me. The TC runs. Mississippi State does something similar. But I was reading in The Athletic today. They did an article. It was pretty good. David Ubbin wrote it. It was called uh, Coaches Confidential, and they anonymously talked to coaches who have either played against Georgia or played against TCU and kind of got the scoop on them. And they said, yeah, they haven't seen a defense quite like this. They're closest, the closest teams in the SEC to what uh, TCU does in the back end is Mississippi or Old Miss and uh, and Arkansas because they the coaches thought more as like a 3-2-6 in a lot of ways. Um and so they, they haven't seen a defense quite like this from a formation standpoint. 
So maybe there's some confusion there. Maybe they're able to pick off Stetson Bennett. The thing I'm concerned about the most with this Georgia team is covering Brock Bowers. I don't know who's going to draw the assignment. I don't know who's going to do it. This linebacking core for TCU has been fantastic this year. But Johnny Hodges, Jamoy Hodge, I mean, they're physical guys. They're going to come downhill, make tackles in the run game. That's their bread and butter. You know, they're not necessarily dropping back in coverage and being asked to do a lot. Um, Z Wenders is super athletic. But, again, in coverage, struggles at times. Um, D had a fantastic game against Michigan. And, you know, when I think about this season, I can't really remember a tight end that TCU has faced that's anywhere close to Brock Bowers. Um, You know, Jatavian Sanders at Texas is a a very intriguing player uh, and, and does some special things, but they don't target him nearly as much as they do Brock. I mean, he is the mainstay of this offense. They have another tight end, Darnell Washington, who's huge, 6'7", 270. He's dealing with a a leg injury, and so his status is uncertain. Now, if he can't play, my understanding of it is it really affects Georgia more in the run game because they use him almost as like another offensive tackle. They'll throw the ball to him, too. I mean, he has over 400 yards receiving this year. But where he's most effective is when they line up in those two tight end sets and kind of go to those heavy packages and start, you know, getting after you in the run game. And um, I do wonder that that's significant because if he if he's able to go and they run a lot of heavy formations, then I do wonder what Joe Gillespie's adjustment is because it's it's tough to, uh, you know, kind of get those angles and have that element of surprise that this three three five brings if George is going to line up and come, you know, straight at you with more blockers. So that's kind of something to watch, his status. But um, Bowers is a is a monster, and they're going to have to find a way to cover him. And, I, you know, I, I like their chances, honestly, with Josh Newton and Travis Hodges-Tomlinson on the outside against some of these wide receivers. Um, now, A.D. Smith, he's been injured for most of the year, but he's back and he's healthy. He had a huge game against Ohio State or had a huge catch against Ohio State. He's a really good wide receiver, and so that's, that's a, a guy to watch. Lad McCockney is a a really good possession receiver. He's been around for a long time. He knows what he's doing. Um, They scheme ways for those guys to get open. But I think on the outside, TCU can hold their own. And honestly, I I know Georgia fans will probably laugh at this, and Michigan fans did the same. But teams have not just run straight at TCU. Like, they have not been able to just run straight between the tackles against this football team. Now, maybe Georgia's the team that bucks that trend, but um, the the teams that have had success – have done it by getting to the edge. And they've used a lot of misdirection, and they found ways to get outside the tackles. And so um, I expect Georgia to do some of that. And I think if if TCU can slow down their run game, that's significant because this Georgia team likes to, you know, pass the ball early in games, get a lead, and then sort of lean on that physical offensive line in the second half. And the so line's more athletic than Michigan, too which I think is significant because the, the issue Michigan had was understanding their assignments and picking up those guys at the second level. And so Georgia might have more success doing that. Um, but I think overall the CCU defense, they've, they've stood their ground all year long. They're going to give up some points on Monday. And I feel like ultimately it's going to come down to, to more of if the offense is playing at a high level. But, you know, can you get some – can Dylan Horton be huge again? Can he get a pass rush against this Georgia front? Can they slow down the run enough 
to put them in more obvious passing situations. And then can you find a way to slow down Brock Bowers and find some way to cover him? Because I think that's just the biggest glaring matchup problem. Michigan exploited TCU by throwing over the middle of the field and targeting their linebackers and safeties and coverage. And uh, they're going to do that. I mean, George is going to do that. Like that, that's just that's what they're going to do. They throw the ball to their tight ends a lot. And so that will be a huge key to the game. When we come back, what happens when TCU has the football? Can this offense continue to roll like they did in that Michigan game? Before we do that, though, bet online. Um, if you're looking to bet on this game, spreads 13 and a half points. I know a lot of you are saying, listen, that's ridiculous. Take the frogs to cover. Well, then get involved on Bet Online. Go there today. It's not only you know wagering; they also have uh, podcast injury news. <clears throat> it's your one-stop shop. But you're there to make money, right? Understandably. So you got the national title game coming up. You have the NFL in full swing. NBA is going on right now. Before you know it, Major League Baseball will be right around the corner. I mean, Bet Online is your place. It's it's your place to to make some cash. Right. Like you, if you're like me, you watch sports all the time. You obsess about it. You're obsessing about the national title game. You know, all the matchups by heart. Well, Hey, take, take that hobby and make it a side hustle and do that by using our friends at bet online. Uh, so when TCU has the football, what are the frogs going to do? What did Ohio state do so well to score 41 points against the bulldogs on Saturday night. Well, teams have thrown on Georgia a little bit lately. That's kind of been the MO. CJ Stroud had a really good stat line. 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. And I was talking to the locked on uh Bulldogs guys, the Georgia guys, on Wednesday night, and that's gonna drop on Friday. That episode is. But I was asking them about um, you know, what what's happening against LSU and Ohio State, and they said, Well, the LSU game. Can't really take a lot from that because LSU was throwing the ball after they were, you know, down significantly in the second half and Georgia kind of let them back in the ball game. But it was a lot of that was in garbage time. And so they don't pay a ton of attention. But Ohio State, Keeler Ringo is a, a great, great player, great corner for for Georgia. And I was reading in that uh, Coach's Confidential article I referenced earlier by David Ubbin in The Athletic that their SEC coaches think he's the best corner in the in the country, think he's the best corner in the SEC. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is a heck of a wide receiver, and Ohio State targeted Ringo. I mean, they went after him. They threw the ball to their number one guy. And TCU, I, I want to give Quentin Johnson chances in this game. Like, if, if Quentin has an opportunity in one-on-one coverage, which I think Georgia has confidence that their guys can hold up in man-to-man, throw him the ball. Because you know he's really good in those 50-50 situations. Find a way to get him the ball in the flat and see if he can make some things happen in the open field. Take those deep shots like you always do. That's what this team does well. They're going to have to hit a few of those, right? The the bigger aspect to me is can these other wide receivers get separation? Tay Barber had a good game against Michigan. He needs to be more effective. Um, we, you need more from Tay. He's a great receiver. He's reliable. He's there. Darius Davis, honestly, on the offensive side of the ball, hasn't been targeted as much. Had a tough drop against Michigan. I'd like to see him get the ball more. Like Jordan Hudson popped in that ball game. Is he a guy that can step up? Jared Wiley, I wish they'd use him more. I, I think there's a ton of potential with him in the passing game with his size to go over the middle. 
They're going to have to find a way <clears throat> to spread this ball around a little bit and make Georgia um, think about other players in the passing game besides Quentin Johnson. So, you know, there's an opportunity here for this receiving core. Uh, Ohio State did it, but you got to spread the ball around and you have to make Georgia cover the entire field. And I feel like Garrett Riley will try to do that. I expect Max Duggan to run the ball. I think they're going to try to make Georgia account for him, and he won't just be back there sitting in the pocket. Um, Kendra Miller, right? He's questionable. It's a big deal. I think Kendra changes the identity of this offense with his physicality, with his ability to run between the tackles. He gets tough yards. He gets extra yards. He helps this team stay on schedule. The team's more efficient when he's in the game. Now, Amari Mercado can pick up the load from a rushing standpoint. I have confidence in that. My concern with, with Kendra out, honestly, is more from just the complete picture, like catching the ball in the backfield, blitz pickups. And also, I just think it means Amari's going to have to pay, play a ton of snaps. Because Amani Bailey, I know he has some serious bursts, and I would imagine they give him some opportunities because they'll have to if, if Kendra's out. And I'd love to see what he can do. But that's a big ask for a guy who hasn't played a ton this year to have to step in in the national title game, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you're going to get 10 to 12 carries. I don't know if that's how they'll approach that. I wonder if they lean on Max more in that situation. Then Trent Battle's a guy they've used in some creative ways, haven't really used him in um, <clears throat> you know, the traditional rushing attack. But have to take care of the football. Can't have three turnovers like you did against Michigan. And make big plays. I mean, that's what this offense does. They make big plays in the passing game and the running game. They're not going to you know, wear you down with 10 to 12 play drives. It's deep shots, and you have to have more of that. And then what Ohio State did well that sort of wore out this team to a certain extent <clears throat> was use tempo. And so I expect TCU to use a lot of tempo in this game. Um, Jalen Carter, their defensive tackle for Georgia, legit top five draft pick. I mean, just a different dude. Absolute game wrecker. And so you, you have to find a way to hold up against him and this Georgia front seven. Now, I mean, the closest player I think they've seen to Carter, I'm not comparing these guys. I'm just saying, like, from TC, based on TCU's schedule, this is the closest I can think of. Like, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, he's going to be a first-round draft pick. And he had a lot of success that day. Now, of course, he's on the edge. Carter's going to be coming from the interior, which I think is good for TCU because Steve Avila, your um, All-American inside at guard, Alan Ali, at your, at your center position. I mean, those are guys that you hope can at least hold their own. But, I mean, this is the best defensive lineman in, in football, in college football. Like, he's he's a beast. And so maybe it's quick throws. Maybe it's more screens. I imagine they're going to have some ways to try to, to try to mitigate that pass rush. But I, I can't sit here and say confidently that they're just going to hold up in pass pro all the time against that guy and against this Georgia front seven. So you have to be creative and find ways to get the ball out and give Max opportunities to make plays. This is fantastic. Like, this is so exciting, man. I, I know the odds are against TCU. I know a lot of the matchups don't work against them or work against them, excuse me, but they're playing for a national title, and that's just fantastic. Uh, when we come back briefly, briefly, I just want to mention what TCU basketball did last night. Before we do that, though, Built Bar, uh, they're one of our great sponsors ever since I've been doing this back in 2020. Built Bar has been with us. Um, we love them here on the Lockdown Network. And, you know, I've said this many times. 
but like today i actually i grabbed a built bar because my kids are here i got three of them my my daughter is actually with my in-laws this week which is which is nice my three boys i'm trying to get them out the door this morning trying to get two of them to daycare my wife um went to her shift at the hospital early in the morning and so the last thing i'm thinking about is my breakfast i'm trying to feed these other guys get them dressed get them out the door but as i'm leaving i just grab a built bar and it's going to help me get get to lunch and that's i mean that's a big key if, if for you parents you know you're just kind of trying to get to lunch get to the next meal get to the next thing where you can maybe take a breath and take a break and so built bar they have an amazing flavors it's good for you only 180 calories in most of those bars um and it's all natural stuff so you don't have to worry about what am i putting in my body what am i eating here uh you know for those of you that work out it's a good source of protein so if you want to do that before you hit the gym you can builtbar.com uh, okay, quickly. So, change of pace here for a minute. But TCU got a victory over Baylor. TCU basketball got a victory over Baylor on Wednesday night, eighty-eight to eighty-seven. Chuck O'Bannon hit a big-time, like off-balance long two-pointer with about four seconds left. Xavier Cork with a huge block um, on Keontae George, who's a stud freshman for Baylor. He had a big game to preserve the victory. Um, Mike Miles, thirty-three points once again. I said this after the Tech game. He looked like the best player on the floor which is fantastic news for TCU. Uh, so he was great again, 33 points against the Bears. Had a huge three when the team was down four with under a minute to go to cut it to one and give them a chance to win that basketball game. <clears throat> Eddie Lampkin had a good performance. You know, they're playing well right now. They, they've kind of – they fell behind against Texas, fell behind against Baylor. Can't live like that, but they're finding ways to win. Winning any game in the Big 12 is huge. What they're doing, though, they're getting out in the fast break. They're getting out in transition. 23 fast break points last night. That's how they're making up for their shooting deficiencies. They're not a great shooting team. I don't know if they'll ever be a great shooting team, but they got up and down the floor. Miles especially was going, you know, from end to end quickly and getting lay-ins. And so a uh, big-time win on the road against Baylor. TCU basketball now 2-0 in Big 12 play. We'll be back tomorrow with a crossover edition of Locked on Horn Frogs doing that with the Locked on Dogs guys from Georgia. Thank you for tuning in. It is your 